Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a really helpful episode that we're about to hop into here shortly. It's honestly, and I've touched on a lot of these things in the past. I know in the past we did an episode with the three most common traits of those who make successful transformations. And then last week, we did a podcast on the biggest fat loss mistake that you can make. This podcast is going to be somewhat similar to those two topics. And I'm just going to go a little bit more in depth with um, the three traits of the most successful, um, the people who are most successful with their transformations. And then one of those points, another point I'm going to bring up here talks about what we talked about last week in terms of the biggest fat loss mistake that you can make and kind of just rounding this out to make one really helpful, a little bit longer episode that's going to go over the seven rules for a successful transformation. So we're going to talk about a lot of mistakes that people make. We're going to talk about some of those traits that I probably talked about um, a couple weeks ago, or actually that's probably a couple months ago at this point in that last episode, and really give you the core values that you're going to need to live by to truly create a transformation for yourself and do it by with a sustainable approach, do it with a realistic mindset and put yourself in a situation to not only improve your body composition, but improve your relationship with yourself, improve your mindset, improve your relationships, improve your life as a whole. And these are all rules that I've adopted in my life. And since I have, they're things that have done nothing but Help me reach levels that I honestly wasn't sure I would ever be able to reach. And so I'm very passionate about this. A lot of this comes from probably a lot of the self-development work that I've been doing over the last few years and just building a lot more awareness around my life and the specific changes that I've made over the years going from somebody who really depended a lot on others and would find excuses in my circumstances as to why I had a lot of shortcomings in certain areas of my life where I know that I would have liked to be further along. And I see these same things with a lot of clients that I work with when it comes to changing their body composition, right? These are the seven core values or rules that we really focus on implementing to get them in a position to actually be successful with changing their body composition. So like I said, I'm super excited for you guys to get to listen to this episode. The only thing that I have for you before we hop in, I know I sound like a broken record at this point, but I'm honestly never going to stop bringing it up because like I've talked a lot about in this podcast, we do not try to um, gain revenue from it. We don't try to get sponsorships. We don't try to do anything like that. All that we want to do here is give you as much value as possible. And if you do feel like you are getting value from this, if the podcast has helped you in any sort of a way with your own journey, with any tips that I've given, with any mindset strategies that I've given or, or anything like that, if you've gotten value from this and it's helped you in your own personal journey, the only thing that I ask of in return 
is for a written rating or a star rating and a written review if you have the time. Like I've talked a lot about, the only way for your podcast to be able to grow inside of Apple is for is to get more reviews and to get more ratings. That shows um, the software, the algorithm, that you're finding value here, and then it pushes the show out to more and more people. And the more that I brought this up, the more have you, the more of you have been going down and leaving ratings and leaving reviews. And I really, really do appreciate all of you that have already done so. Thank you so much. It really does mean the world to me. If there's anybody still listening that is getting value here that has not gone down and done that yet, I would be greatly appreciative if you've done that. And if you're a brand new listener, listen to some episodes, get a feel for it. If you're finding a lot of value here as you continue to listen, then I would ask you to go down and do me that favor at that point. But give me a chance. If you enjoy the show, keep listening, leave it a a rating and a review. If you don't enjoy the show, completely understand that as well, as I'm probably not going to be the cup of tea for everybody, which is completely fine. So if you are enjoying it and you are getting value, please go down below, leave it a written rating and, and review. I am going to stop rambling. Let's hop into the topic of today's show. All right, the seven rules for a successful transformation. This first one that we're going to go over here is the same topic that I brought up on last Tuesday's show, which is stop comparing your journey to others. I'm not going to get too deep into this because if you want a deep context into this and you're struggling with this yourself, I highly suggest you to go back two episodes and listen to that show where I do more of a deep dive on this one specific topic. But it really is probably the most important out of all of them because the truth of the matter is there's always going to be people who make faster progress than you and there's always going to be people who make slower progress than you. You have to stop worrying about what's going on with somebody else because it does not affect you whatsoever. The rate of somebody else's journey has nothing to do with the rate of your journey because this is your journey that has nothing to do with anybody else. The context of your situation compared to the context of anybody else's situation is going to be vastly different. And so you have to stop stripping your context and stripping somebody else's context and looking at your two journeys and if they're further along than you, not taking any of that into consideration. Because maybe you started from a position where you needed to go through a reverse diet because you were severely under eating for a while, which is going to slow down the process. Maybe you're in a position to where you're trying to build habits and you're more focused on building consistency as opposed to somebody else who's already gone through that process. So they've been able to make faster progress because they've been able to be more consistent because they built the skills and habits and routines required to be able to do so. And maybe you're in that first beginning stages to where you're focused on that more so than you're focused on fat loss, right? There's going to be a lot of context between different people. Maybe somebody else just has a fast um, metabolism. Maybe they have optimal hormones and a fast metabolism and they go into a deficit and they start to lose weight relatively quickly as opposed to others will lose weight relatively slowly. Everybody's going to respond differently. What matters is that you continue to give action, you continue to push yourself forward, and you stop comparing your progress to somebody else's. If it's been a month and you've lost three pounds and somebody else has lost 10 pounds, you're still three pounds better than you were a month ago. That is progress. But when you look at somebody else's 10 pounds and you compare it to yours, it strips that away and you feel like you're failing. When in reality, you're better than who you were before. And that's how you have to go about this process. It's a challenge against yourself. It's a competition against yourself. Be better in a month from now than who you are today. 
And if you are, you're winning regardless of how far somebody else is. So keep that in mind. Stop comparing yourself to others and look at this process as you against you. Put your blinders on, focus on beating you, and that's how you'll start to find success, fulfillment, and happiness throughout this process. Rule number two is to tighten your circle. This one can be tough. I know when I was younger, I had, I went through a bit of a, we'll call it a fun stage. It's where I was enjoying life, having a lot of fun as a lot of people do when you're younger, a lot of partying, a lot of out and about, a lot of having fun, which is great. I don't regret any of that whatsoever. But as I got a little bit older and I started getting more serious about goals for myself in terms of taking care of myself better with my health, in terms of wanting to start building a career, in terms of wanting to start make to make more money to be able to support myself, in terms of wanting to build more meaningful connection-based relationships as opposed to just going out and having fun only to wake up the next day feeling like complete dog shit and looking for the next place to be able to go to have fun again. That was just this endless cycle with the, the same people and the same conversations and the same parties day in and day out, right? As I wanted to get more fulfillment out of life, live with more purpose, I had to tighten my circle. I couldn't spend all of my time around people who didn't have the same goals as me because it's it's very true. You are going to be the average of the five people that you spend the most time around. It's just a fact. We're all that way. And when I look at my life to when I was more in party mode and just having fun and not living with much of a purpose and living for the weekends, basically working through the week so that I could tear it up Friday and Saturday night, the people around me were doing those same things. And then I look at my life over the last two to four years, I guess I would say roughly, as I've put myself around people who are in better positions than me or in positions that I would want to be in or in positions with similar goals that I have, for some damn reason, my life has pushed me more that way, right? My successes and my achievements have gotten better and better. But if I kept myself around the people that didn't have those same goals, I, I wouldn't be where I am currently. It would be a lot harder to stay fit. It would be a lot harder to stay driven in my business. It'd be a lot harder to want to be a good husband, to want to be a good father. But I choose to put myself around people that have those same goals. And so it makes it a lot easier for me to stay on track with those goals because I know I have other people around me pushing me. I put myself in that environment with those types of people. And this can be hard because you're probably going to have family members who, or a husband or a wife or friends or siblings or parents, whatever it may be that when you decide that you want to start getting fit, they're going to look down on you for that. They're almost going to shame you for wanting to improve because it's going to, it's going to shine a light on their insecurity and their position of them not willing to put in the work to change or their limiting beliefs that they can actually change. And so they're going to be negative towards you about that, right? They're going to almost 
unintentionally tried to deter you to getting off track or shaming you for wanting to improve your life because they're not ready to improve theirs yet. And unfortunately, the matter of the fact here is, is that in a lot of these situations, you're going to have to distance yourself. It's just the matter of the fact. You're not going to be able to will them along to try to get them to do it as well as trying to will yourself along too. You're going to have to put yourself in environments to where others are going to help will you along, where you all have a same common goal, where you're all fighting together, where you're willing to go through the inconveniences and the sacrifices because you know you have a tribe of people doing the same thing. Or at the very least, you get yourself distanced from the people who are going to try to deter you off track. And if you haven't found that tribe yet, you're going to have to go at it for a loan for a while. I've done that. I'm still that way. A lot of the time, I don't have a ton of friends. I don't have a big social circle. My circle is very small. I look at my life today and I looked at my life before I used to have a huge social circle and now it's gotten smaller and smaller the older that I've gotten and there's pros and there's cons to that. But at the same time, if you have goals for yourself that you want to achieve, you've got to either put yourself around people with those same sort of goals And you have to distance yourself from people who are going to feel insecure about those goals. And most likely, there's going to be this gap between those two to where you're going to have to distance yourself from people that don't have the same goals as you that are trying to that you're you're shining a light on their insecurities. So they try to bring you down and then you're going to be trying to find your new circle of people to be around. There's going to be a gap there to where you're going to have to go at it alone for a while. And that will be tough. But know when you're in that position and you are going at it alone, you're on the right track. And that doesn't mean you have to completely shut everybody out. But it just means you got to create a bit of a distance there. The people that support you, keep them around. The people that try to make you feel like an idiot for wanting to better your life, distance yourself. Again, that doesn't mean you just completely cut them off. You can't cut off your family. You can't cut off your loved ones. You can't cut off your significant other, obviously. But you can distance yourself or you can put yourself in a position to not have to talk about those types of things around that type of person if they're going to make you feel like an idiot for the goals that you have for yourself because that will rub off on you for a very long amount of time. And it can ultimately stop you. So if you're truly ready... You've got to tighten your circle. The third rule is be grateful for your current body. This is another important one. A lot of people start from a foundation of hating themselves and they fuel their fire off of hate. They hate the way they look. They hate the way they feel. They hate the way their their clothes fit. And so they try to use that as a fuel to push forward, to create consistency, to create change. And that works for a while. It worked for me for a while too. For a long time, I worked out and and stayed on track with my nutrition and put a lot of effort there out of fear. I was scared to gain weight. I was scared to get fat. I was scared to get out of shape. And it worked. It got me started. The hate will get you started. But at some point, you've got to evolve and turn that into love for yourself. And I know how cheesy that sounds to love yourself, 
it's very what's the word for it? it's very trendy to say love yourself right but it probably wouldn't be trendy if it wasn't true because if you don't get to a point to where you want to take care of your body by working out by moving by eating foods that are good for you by getting to a good body composition by getting stronger if you don't start to do that out of love for your body and love for where you're at and love to want to get better, that hate train, that hate fire is eventually going to burn out, right? That's only going to last for so long until the inconvenience gets to a point to where you hate what you're doing as opposed to you essentially are fueling yourself off of hate for yourself. That fire will burn out. And you'll end up in a hateful position towards yourself by sabotaging yourself and just getting off track and saying, ah, screw it all together. It's not worth it. But if you learn to transition that into love and into gratitude, well, that's a fire that can burn for a very long time. The reason I continue to work out, the reason I continue to stay on track with my nutrition and stay aware of it is because I am grateful for my body. I appreciate my body. I love my body. I want to take care of my body for those reasons. That's a sustainable fire that's going to stick around for a very long time. And so I won't say that you sh- it's bad to start from a place of hate because I think it's potentially a, a, a fire that will get you going right up front. But I think you have to be strongly aware of the fact that that, that has to turn to love. You have to stop hating where you're at and at some point start loving your body and yourself for what it is and just wanting to maximize that and take care of it to its truest potential. Because again, that's a fire that can be sustained over the long term as opposed to the hate train will most likely just end up leading to a a self-sabotage situation because the inconvenience of the process of hating yourself, it'll get easier to hate yourself by not doing anything about it as opposed to hating yourself and continuing to go through the sacrifice of doing what you're doing as opposed to if you go to it from a gratitude side or a grateful side or a, or a loving side, that's going to push you to want to continue to give an effort for a lifetime. So again, I know that's trendy or I know that's cheesy, but like I said, it's, it's trendy because it's true. You have to start going from a side of gratefulness or love if you want to be able to go at it for a lifetime. Rule number four, you've got to accept your mistakes along the way. I've talked a lot about this over the years of podcasting. I probably sound like a broken record, but I'm going to continue to spew the same message over and over because you need to hear it. You will mess up. You will not be perfect. You're going to mess up on your calorie intake. You're going to overeat from time to time. You're going to miss your protein goals. You're going to eat too much. You're going to miss a workout. You're going to go on vacation. You're going to enjoy a a date night or a social occasion where your training, your nutrition isn't going to be a main priority in that moment. That's normal. We all mess up from time to time. Nobody is perfect at any point. Those who reach goals aren't perfect either. Just like those who don't reach their goals and fail, they're obviously not perfect either. 
But the difference between those two people, the successful versus the, the failures, is the successful choose to continue giving an effort after their mess-ups as opposed to the failures decide to quit after they mess up. And when you quit, you fail. But if you keep giving an honest effort and accept that you will mess up along the way, well, now you're giving yourself a realistic, realistic expectation to ultimately end up exactly where you want to be. And that's a mindset switch, right? So before you get started, or if you're in your journey right now and you find yourself in a position to where you're really good for a while and then you mess up and then you're off track for a long time and so you make some progress, then you end up sabotaging yourself and you end up losing all of that progress um, because you messed up and you allow that to lead to the trickle effect and you end up in this yo-yo cycle. It's where you make progress then you sabotage, lose all the progress, make more progress, lose all the progress. You have to start to look at this from more of a balanced approach, meaning that you're not going to be perfect, but just because you're not perfect doesn't mean that you have to say screw it all together when those imperfections come up. If you can make some progress, and then when you have social occasions or vacations or trips come up, and you can learn to, yeah, mess up a little bit in the short term to where maybe you just maintain or lose a, a, a small bit of progress and you take one step backwards, but you continue taking multiple steps forward, if you can do that for a year's length, well, now when you look at your trend, over the long term of your progress, that trend is going to be going in an upward angle, a successful angle. But if you make progress and then completely sabotage because you mess up and you get off track for months on top of months and then you get angry at yourself and so you start all over and you make more progress and then go through that same cycle, when you look back in a year's length, you're going to have flatlined and still be where you were when you first started. And you're going to deem, oh, well, dieting and, and fat loss just doesn't work for me. My metabolism doesn't work or, or my hormones are all out of whack. When in reality, it's just your expectations of yourself that are out of whack. And that's what needs to be addressed first. Right? So accept that you're going to make mistakes. Accept that you're going to mess up. Accept that you're not going to be perfect. And when you do that, now you put yourself in a position of power because you're giving yourself a realistic expectation to actually go out and achieve your goals and understand that it's not going to be picture perfect. And it's going to take time and it's going to come with hardships and it's going to come with, with mess ups. And now you're in a spot that you can actually go out and achieve what you want to achieve. Number five is to invest in your journey. And this could be in a lot of different ways. You could just simply invest into a program that you could buy somewhere. You could invest into a workout app. You could invest into a personal trainer. You could invest into an online coach. You could simply just invest into a gym membership. But chances are you do need to put your money where your mouth is in some form, however that works for you. Because if you don't have something out there on the table in terms of giving up some form of money or some form of value, it's going to be a lot harder to stay on track. You're not going to feel as responsible to that goal. We all know when we invest into something and we don't give it as honest of an effort as we should, there's a little bit of that feeling of guilt there, right? And the vast majority of people I would argue are more willing to continue giving an honest effort 
towards that investment that they've made as opposed to feeling that little bit of guilt. There's some people that will just feel the guilt and just be like, ah, oh, whatever, and just continue to brush it off and brush it off. And those types of people, you can't really help that much. You can only let them walk their journey, walk their course until they come to a self-realization of that. But the majority of people, if you're investing into something and you put your money where your mouth is in some form, you're putting yourself in a position to be much more successful because you're holding yourself accountable now. You're exchanging something that you perceive as value to get something back in that you know you'll value in return in terms of, of a better body composition, of a healthier body, healthier hormones, healthier metabolism, more energy, right? If you're giving something of your value to receive that, you're going to be much more likely to stay on track. So getting a workout app, getting a coach, getting a gym membership, whatever it is, put some money where your mouth is to help hold yourself accountable to what you're doing and actually start taking yourself seriously. But if you're not invested in any sort of a way, it's going to be a lot harder to take yourself seriously because, again, there's been no value exchange there. And when you get off track, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to get off track if you're not giving your value up consistently in order to receive that value back. Because again, there's, there's not much accountability there. So invest into your journey. That's going to look very different for everybody. Again, I'm a coach, so I'm always going to be extremely biased in saying a coach is probably the best investment you can make if you're in a position to where you're struggling to stay consistent, you're struggling to stay on track, you're struggling to see it through. Getting accountability from somebody else in terms of a coach or somebody that you respect as an unbiased position is obviously probably going to be the best investment to ultimately get you where you want to be. But if that's not you yet, if you're not ready for that step, invest into something, a gym membership, a workout program, something to put your money where your mouth is to help hold yourself accountable to what you're doing, and it will make you much more likely to see it through. Rule number six is to build awareness around your thoughts. And this is the hardest one, honestly, for most people. This is, this is the hardest one for me being... 100% honest with you is to stay aware of the way that you're thinking. Stay aware of the words that you're using. Stay aware of the, the things you're telling yourself. I had this conversation with a client just the other day. We were chit-chatting back and forth and she comes from a, a place of self-doubt a lot of the time. She comes of a place of negativity. Oh, it's hard to track my food. Oh, it's hard to get my steps in. Oh, I don't have the energy to get my workouts in. And she continued to say this, and I continued just to try to help encourage her to keep going because she's making progress. But the whole time that she's making progress, she's complaining about the process to make that progress. So it puts us in this weird position because she's not seeing a lot of positivity of what she's doing. She's just looking at it from a, a negative perspective. And so I just out front asked her, I just said, do you truly believe that you can achieve this for yourself? And she just sat there for a second. She's like, man, I, I guess I never thought about it that way. And she says, as I think about it, no, honestly, I don't. And I said, do you think that you choose to look at this from a negative light because you don't truly believe that you can achieve what you want to achieve? And so you being negative towards it kind of gives you an out to get off track when you want to get off track at any point and throw in the towel, even though you're making progress right now. 
And again, that kind of sat with her for a little while. And she had to think through that and realize that her negative thoughts towards this journey, this process was to give her an out ultimately, right? Because she didn't truly believe that she could be successful. And so she knew if she just stayed negative towards it and thought about the workouts being hard and having no energy and thinking about the steps being annoying and not having time to get her walks in and thinking about tracking just being so hard, well, then when she decided she wanted to quit because she didn't ultimately believe she could get to where she wanted to be, it would give her that easy out. And as we started to build a lot of awareness around this, that's what helps her break her cycle. It's not that... It's not that her hormones are out of whack like she was claiming. It's not that her metabolism is rammed down or that she's in her 50s. It's not any of that. It's her thoughts. It's her beliefs that are stopping her from getting her where she wants to be and ultimately leading to a self-sabotage in the long run. And So same thing for you. You have to build awareness around the things you're telling yourself. You have to build awareness around the words that you use. You have to change the word, oh, I hope I can do this, to I will do this. You have to change from I can't do this to I can do this. You have to change from I'll try to do this to I'll just do this. Right? You have to put yourself in a position of self-belief and not giving yourself a choice of anything else but success. And when you put yourself in that position and learn to get rid of the self-doubt and focus more on self-will and believe in that process and not give yourself an option to quit and not give yourself an option to, to fail, well, now it's only a matter of time until you create success. And this is exactly what I've been doing with this client. We've been switching this thought process. We've been building up her awareness. I've had her reading the book um, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury. I highly recommend that book to anybody out there who's wanting to build more awareness around their emotions and their thoughts to start to pinpoint their shortcomings with themselves and the reasons that they're not getting to where they want to be in life and the reason that that they're making excuses and, and never following through on anything that they want to do. I highly recommend you read that book. Emotional Intelligence 2.0 would be a huge wake up call to you. But as I've, I've done this with this client, she slowly started to get more positive and more positive and her habits and her consistency has slowly gotten better and better and better. And we're 10 weeks into this thing and she's down roughly 15 pounds. And she's starting to believe she can do it. Her check-ins are getting much more positive. Again, she still has times where she's not perfect. She's still negative. We're all that way. But the point here is to build awareness around our negativities and to stop ourselves. It's going to happen, right? We're going to feel down. We're going to lose self-belief. We're going to lose motivation. But as long as we can build awareness around those emotions and realize that just because we're telling ourselves these things doesn't mean they have to be true. And if we can stop ourselves and catch ourselves and continue to steer ourselves back into the right direction and say, no, that's, those are just thoughts. Those are just emotions. Those are all bullshit. They're not my reality. My reality is what I choose to do next, not what the feelings are that I have. I can ag- ignore those feelings or learn to deal with those feelings in a way that they're not going to self-sabotage me and continue to move forward. And when you get to that place, now you're unstoppable. You put yourself in a very good position to get to where you want to be, and it only comes down to, it just being a matter of time. 
And the final rule, rule number seven. This kind of ties in with rule number five, which is invest in your journey, but it's get accountability from somewhere. And again, accountability could come from a coach. It could come from a close one, a relative. It could come from a loved one, from anywhere. It could come from putting a post on social media saying, I'm starting my journey and I'm going to document it here to hold myself accountable. But the point is, is to create accountability outside of yourself somewhere with somebody that you respect, right? Somebody that you look up to and you don't want to let down. When you create that form of accountability, now it's not just about you and letting yourself down. It's potentially about letting somebody else down, which will help keep you on track much more as opposed to falling back into your old ways. It shows yourself that you're taking yourself much more seriously because you're not holding it in and waiting for yourself to fail. You're putting it out there on the line and testing your character, right? And if you have a good coach, they're not ever going to be let down if you mess up or anything like that. I always tell clients, you're going to mess up along this process. You're going to get off track. You're going to eat too much. You're going to miss workouts. I accept that before you begin, just like we've talked about before. And you have to accept that as well. But what you have to do is still hold yourself accountable, right? If you're off track for a week, you don't reach out to me just on the weeks. You don't just check in on weeks where you made progress. You check in with me every single week, regardless if you made progress or not. More importantly, you check in with me on the weeks where you didn't make progress or you got off track because those are the weeks that I can help hold you more accountable to what you're doing. Those are the weeks that you need accountability more than anything. Right? You don't need as much accountability when progress is right on track and things are moving forward and, and you're seeing changes. The progress is what's holding you accountable there. But the weeks where you get off track, the weeks where you don't lose much weight, you don't track your calories perfectly, you miss a workout or two, those are the weeks where you need accountability the most and you should be checking in because that's when we can have conversations and we can build more awareness around what's happening, where your thought process is at, what got in your way so that we can adjust for the next week and and try to make improvements from that. That's where you need accountability, right? So a good coach is is never going to feel let down or is never going to get frustrated or never going to feel like you're wasting their time when you're not perfect along the process. But a good coach will help hold you accountable and help you course correct along the way. And this isn't just about coaching. I bring that up because obviously coaching is what I do and it's the lens that I look at this process through in most scenarios, but that's one form of accountability. Another could just be somebody that you respect. It could be somebody that you don't, that doesn't even know that much about fitness. It could be a superior to you, a, a, a grandparent, a parent, somebody that you just look up to in your community could be anybody, a trainer at the gym, your gym owner, whoever it is. Create some accountability or social media. Like I said, posting on social media. I see a lot of people do that to where they'll use social media just to document their fitness journey, just to be posting, to hold themselves accountable to what they're doing. And again, when you put some accountability outside of yourself to have to follow through to test your character, it's going to hold you to a going to hold you're going to hold yourself to a higher standard to see it through people who create accountability in some way 
are statistically, I can't remember the exact stat. If I was to say the stat, I would just be talking out of my butt, but I have read the research in terms of you are much more likely to see a goal through and find success by creating accountability in something outside of yourself as opposed to just going at it alone and not creating that accountability somewhere. You're statistically much higher likely, much more likely to reach that goal by creating that accountability somewhere. So use that research and science to your advantage. Go out, create some accountability in some way, and you'll be much more likely to see things through. So that is all seven rules that I have for you guys. Again, I really do appreciate you all for listening. If you found value from this episode, I would be extremely grateful if you would take a screenshot, put it on your IG story, tag me in it. That way I can send you a message personally thanking you for doing so, as well as I'll repost it on my own story as well. So thank you guys so much. Have an amazing day. I'll talk with you soon.